0: Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now, here's what's on our mind this week. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. I'm here with my colleague, Pam Kubiatowski. This is Lisa Lorenzen, and we are field CTOs with Zscaler talking about zero trust topics and trends. Today's topic is cloud adoption, and I have to admit, I have a little bit of a history with this, because when I was working for Juniper Networks prior to Zscaler, eight or 10 years ago now, my gosh, if you said cloud to me, I said, go away, (laughs) because as far as I was concerned, the movement of applications to the cloud was just shifting your security problems to a rack that you couldn't reboot. I understood the advantages of elasticity and scalability and distribution, but the whole shared responsibility model looked like a recipe for disaster. And I really felt that a lot of people didn't consider the changes in security that needed to accompany these changes in application delivery. Took me a while to get over that one. When I came to Zscaler, I had to really embrace the concept that the cloud can be used to deliver security services and controls in the same way that can deliver application access which is good because the movement of applications to the cloud was already a huge trend prior to the pandemic. And it absolutely went off the charts as users started to work from home, and organizations recognized that they needed better scalability and distribution for all of these remote users. So the pandemic really drove a huge increase not only in mobility, but an acceleration in cloud adoption. I still think that secure access to cloud applications is a multifaceted topic that can be incredibly complicated. So Pam, I know that you went through a real transition within your organization, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on cloud adoption and cloud security.
1: You know, Lisa, you brought up a great point. There was a time early on, cloud this, cloud that, and I'm like, why are we talking cloud? We have internal data centers, They're on property. We don't pay anything extra for them. Why are we going to pay for something that we have already today? I talked to so many organizations and even today, in 2022 now, organizations still have staff that think that way. Now, it wasn't long after that I started to understand, okay, hold on. If we're no longer on-premise from a user base or we're more distributed in a hybrid work model, and these applications need to be accessible from anywhere in the quickest path possible. Okay, now cloud's really starting to make sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. In addition, we can go ahead and secure it. We can spin it up, spin it down. We have a lot more flexibility than everything that we used to put in a traditional on-premise scenario. So I started realizing, wow, there is great benefits to moving to cloud. In my former employment, we had developed this hybrid cloud, so we had scenarios where there were things going to be still on premise in data centers, there were gonna be things in cloud, and it wasn't gonna be that the entire application environment may move to cloud, but there may be pieces of it. We may have multiple clouds distributed over the all over the world that needed to also sync up. So it became actually somewhat convoluted because at the time that we were developing all this, the technology really wasn't as robust as is now. And so are you seeing some similar things then too, Lise? Absolutely. Organizations
0: are recognizing that they're going to exist in multiple clouds simultaneously. And also people have been saying that cloud is gonna kill the data center for decades now almost and it hasn't happened yet. So we're in these access environments where you've got applications on premise in the data center, maybe even branches. You've got applications in multiple different hyperscalers. How did you tackle
1: getting user access under control for all of that? that at the beginning was a challenge, but we were very fortunate because soon after that hybrid cloud strategy was developed, we found actually Zscaler. And when you found Zscaler, okay, hold on, this makes it a lot easier because I'm not going ahead and having to put all of these dedicated circuits in between the actual data center. So I didn't have to come back to a data center through a VPN concentrator. And then through a dedicated circuit, get to that cloud instance, or are you going to put VPN concentrators in your cloud? There was a lot of debate, conversation, what is the best way to do this? But in that old world, wow. Talk about how it enables a business by using Zscaler and private access to get a user to an application, irrelevant of where the application resides. We didn't have to think about any longer. Okay, are we really secure with that VPN concentrator sitting in cloud, or do we want a hairpin back through the data center? No, you don't have to do that. You can go direct to that actual application sitting whatever cloud it is with a user to an application micro-segmentation tunnel, which actually secured not only that application environment being dark to basically the internet, and you're securing that tunnel from that user to that app. It was phenomenal and how it actually, what a great end user experience, Mm -hmm. because now a user is going direct to the app, wherever the app resides from an internal perspective, and you're not having to do all that kludgy stuff with technology and not to mention clean visibility into what potentially may be broken in that path versus the old world.
0: Mm, Good point. I'm curious whether you had a problem with shadow IT. You talk about visibility. What did you learn when you started getting visibility into everything your users were connecting to?
1: It's funny too, because I have this conversation with many organizations throughout the course of every week about shadow IT. Shadow IT for many organizations started spinning up cloud instances way before enterprises got a handle of it and how they were going to approach cloud. So you have all these organizations that may have corporate data, private data, that's stored in these clouds that, let's face it, in a lot of instances, the people who spun up those clouds were not the ones focused on security. They were focused on developing that app. So they may or may not have really realized all the attributes from a security perspective they should have taken into account. If you use Zscalers, internet access, in conjunction with private access, what we did is you watch. Where are users going? What clouds are users going to? Hey, check off the box. Here are all the sanctioned clouds we know about that may have a web front end or they may have a private app you're going to see via ZPA. But Mm -hmm. we actually identified all these internet destinations that were clouds. We actually called users, Lisa, hey, why are you going to that Google cloud? We don't have that as part of our sanctioned group of, of clouds. You'd be like, oh, well, I just spun up this instance and I, I have this app that I'm playing with. Is there any corporate data there? Oh, well, yes. We would then identify, is that something the business needs? If it is, okay, let's deem it sanctioned. Let's put this into the portfolio of cloud solutions, but let's also get the right technical groups involved to oversee, is the actual cloud instance secure? Is it meeting our standards? And what is really housed there from a data perspective?
0: Absolutely. And there's all of these different elements for user access to applications in the cloud. But then the next step is, how do you handle applications talking to each other in the cloud? As you're standing up different workloads, now you've got workloads in the data center talking to the cloud. You've got workloads in one cloud environment talking to another cloud environment. So, what we've seen is that not only do we need to have visibility and protection for the user traffic, but we need to extend that visibility and protection not only to users' outbound traffic, the way that you've just mentioned, but also to workload to workload traffic. And we're seeing that private access in reaction to this need has expanded beyond just carrying user traffic with the cloud connector. We can carry traffic between these servers and applications talking to each other in different environments. So we've really seen the access arena expand, but at the same time, the security challenges expand as you extend this. Cloud environments can be incredibly complicated. Who talks to what, who's allowed to talk to what, whether that's compliant with the backend requirements so I'm wondering if you had any thoughts on managing those entitlements, managing that security framework on the back end.
1: You also touched on a point, Lise. When you're talking about these organizations who are deciding, to your point, you may keep part of an application environment on-premise because it may be validated, or there may be something about that application you want on your premise in your data center, but you may decide to move storage or the database to cloud because it's more efficient. When you look at that, I've talked to so many organizations that a lot of them are actually installing dedicated circuits. And when you think about it, those dedicated circuits are keeping those application environments real-time synced, or there may be a a copy of it in another cloud for DR. You're keeping that all synced. When you're doing that, think of the cost you're incurring from your organization's perspective, having all those dedicated circuits for that transport back and forth. What's interesting to me, and so I think evolving is really... When you get into the cloud connector, being able to use this Zscaler technology to go ahead and sync those environments and not have to worry about that dedicated circuit any longer doing that, making sure they're staying real time from an information perspective. Now, when you you also look at that cloud instance, so many organizations as did I, we struggled in the past with, is the actual configuration of that cloud instance what we originally intended it to be and set it to be? You know, there's so many times when all of a sudden you'd be like, well, how did that router change? Who changed that setting? And you're looking through logs to determine what changed it. Well, gosh, how scary it is. Now you have these cloud instances. And unless you are constantly watching and checking and how viable really is that from an operational perspective, you don't know if that security, if any of those configurations changed, that is now putting you at risk from a security perspective. That's where I'm so excited about cloud security posture management with Zscaler because it's constantly checking. It's an automated way to assure your configuration that you're not vulnerable because your configuration changed and you now are at risk.
0: A friend of mine in a standards group once said that security automation is the art of teaching a machine to do the boring things so that your expensive, intelligent humans can do the interesting things. And Absolutely. I think this definitely falls into that category. <laughs> Absolutely. And it seems like we get new approaches to that problem in this space every couple of years. When you're talking about validating the configurations, that would be more of a cloud security posture management or a CSPM tool. But there's an acronym that I only learned within the past couple of years, which is CIEM, Cloud Infrastructure Entitlement Management. That's an extension of this concept. Not only do we want to validate the configuration, We actually want to look at the non-human entities, like the infrastructure components in the cloud, and say, is the permission setting, is the data access or the application access, the resource access for this entity appropriate for that entity's function? There was an example recently of a bank that was compromised because one security component in their cloud environment, a WAF, had overly broad permissions on the back end, And so an attacker was able to compromise the WAF and then extend their attack using the identity of the WAF to access data that a web application firewall should never have needed to touch. Being able to go in and lock down not only what your security controls are, what your policies say, but to validate that the permission settings not just for your users but for the infrastructure itself are valid. It's interesting to see these new areas of technology that didn't exist five, six years ago that have grown up in response to the growing complexity
1: in the cloud environments. And I think it's even more important when you actually are able to go ahead and use an, an identity based approach right, to securing your entitlements and your permissions for cloud resources because Let's face it, with the Zscaler technology now, now we can actually deliver identity-based protection across the entire portfolio. Not only your users to your applications, but now your actual cloud instances. And when you're securely connecting a user to any app, wherever it is, and then you're securing the app-to-app connectivity that's decoupled from the underlying network, it's all about being able to take that similar approach. We have those similarities to how you're approaching your new world of your user-to-app and app-to-apps, by securing and syncing of that data within application environments, all that now is encompassed into this similar set of micro segmentation and security postures across the broad portfolio.
0: Sure, absolutely. Any kind of cloud asset, human and non-human identities, different entitlements. You can find things that are overprivileged. You can set guardrails on what you need to allow and what you don't. And then you can really do a risk-based prioritization for finding and addressing the things that you need to lock down. So as we talk through all of this, one of the things that I've always admired is that your experience really allows you to address the real world challenges. I know a lot about the technology. I know a lot about the theory but you're the practice side of the house. From that experience that you have with these cloud access and security challenges, are there any tips that you would pass along to CIOs and CISOs or any best practice recommendations?
1: I think the first piece is I would run these in conjunction. You need to be focusing on your cloud. Do you know where your clouds are, your cloud instances? Do you, have you identified all of them and you feel confident about that, this first thing? Second thing is, are they secured? And are they holding confidential data? So that you can prioritize those cloud instances so you know what are your critical ones are ones that, eh, okay, yeah, something would, would be bad if something happened to that, but it's not going to affect your business. At the same time, you need to be shoring up your user to application security. What is that? How does a user get to those applications? Once you understand also that, you're understanding because your users could potentially be a high risk to that cloud instance because of how they're going to be accessing the data within that instance. When you're understanding these things, then you can make some decisions based on, okay, now I know what I have. I know what's in it. I know that it's secure and or how users are going to get to it. You can now look at other attributes of where do you want to go? And then you can look at the other components of it. But if you start with really looking at, do I know what we have? Do we know how we get to it? And do we know what's in it? Then you can make, and your teams can just start to decide what is the other steps that you need to take now. So if I had to sum up, I would say improving visibility
0: is one of the foundations for reducing risk. Not only that, but accelerating application transformation, simplifying the backend administrator experience, simplifying the end user experience, and really helping organizations get the true value out of this hybrid world that we live in, where some applications are gonna be born in the cloud, some applications are gonna migrate to the cloud. You're still gonna have some things that are gonna live in a data center because some things won't get modernized immediately or may not get modernized at all. So a zero trust approach to cloud adoption really involves, again, Figuring out where context will help you streamline, secure, and protect that entire process. I think that we've got a great opportunity to facilitate this transition that's been going on for so long. The outline of how application transformation happens is very well understood, but the tools that we have to accelerate it and secure it are improving every day. And it's a matter of figuring out what is the priority for you. Is your priority visibility? Are you farther along and your priority might be granularity or security? Are you trying to solve a problem and your priority is improving user experience or increasing the ROI from a project like this? And having a tool set that is broad enough and flexible enough that you can really bring those tools to bear in the order that you need to and across variety of different use cases and goals. So zero trust and cloud adoption really go hand in hand, and we're bringing these kind of older security principles to this brave new world. Any
1: final thoughts or shall we wrap it up? That's a great wrap, Lise. I think the only other piece I have to add to this is a lot of organizations in the last couple of years have been talking more and more about the need for connectivity hubs. And when you actually look about, when you re-architect how a user gets to an application in these cloud instances and or if it's on premise or so forth or internet destinations. If you do it right, you don't need to have that additional cost. You can save that and and the extra hop for a user to have to go through. Why have a connectivity hub when you can actually connect workloads together, cloud to cloud, cloud to data center, users to apps, irrelevant of where the actual application or user resides, and you can actually simplify I think organizations have had so many years of designing complex paths to get to actual resources a user needs that it's become, it's kind of, you got to rethink it. Don't make this more complex it needs to be. Simplify and take out all the extra. It's a great message. Well, it's always fun talking with you and
0: thank you to everyone who joined us today. We will look forward to the next conversation. Cheers for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find Lisa Lorenzen and Pam Kubiatowski on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com or on LinkedIn. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties express, implied or statutory as to the content of this podcast and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2021.